Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And, and you're, you're about, about to get, get jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 131 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Naruto Shippuden episodes 16 through 20, where the Akatsuki want to suck the monster right out of you, Team Guy is forced to come to terms with themselves, and the Puppet Master is coming from inside the puppet. Okay, can I just mark down that this is the first week ever you said like three things that could be like loosely put together as as somebody coming to terms with themselves like the Akatsis want to suck a monster right out of you seems a little bit sexual and then team guy is forced to come to terms with themselves where it's just like this guy needs to come to terms with themselves that they like being you know monster sucked and then there's a puppet master that's that's part of his like gang of people that want to bring them into his life and he's just like i'm being puppeted you're you're writing your own fan fiction here blake i'm just i'm just throwing it out there this is the start of it it's a rough plan anyways let's jump in Sometimes it's just just a delightful, weird journey to watch where you go. <laughs> Welcome to my brain. <laughs> Over here is the trap room. <laughs> You've activated my trap room. Oh my god. I got into this back and forth with somebody earlier this week on Twitter where they were just like, um, worst worst anime uh, right now on uh, just like worst anime that's coming out. And my response to them was just like, I don't know, whatever Yu-Gi-Oh iteration there currently is. <laughs> and their response was just like, if it doesn't have Yu-Gi inside of it, it's not really Yu-Gi-Oh. And I was just like, that is so true. <laughs> what is all this like additional Yu-Gi-Oh just called Yu-Gi-Oh because they're playing the same damn card game? It's so Which frustrating. Which is not called because- Yu-Gi-Oh in-universe. I know. So it's just like what why are they it's 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 just them just being like whatever whatever the name of the card game is we have to keep on using because of SEO value. That's true. Just, I mean the franchise is called Yu-Gi-Oh so they are stuck. But yeah, it is it is about Yu-Gi. I don't know what the O part is. It's like oh, it's Yu-Gi. <laughs> That's what Yu-Gi-Oh like, means. I know I've I know I've said this to you a lot, Blake, before when we were walking around, but I know people are like, Yu-Gi-Oh! and all I can hear is Yu-Gi-Ho! <laughs> that was functionally your nickname for me for a while. <laughs> well, it's you know, call up I call it like a see it, right? Sometimes sometimes the the theme song for Yu-Gi-Oh will get stuck in my head and I will softly say yu gay ho to myself. <laughs> Just like quietly when you're accepting your fate. <laughs> <laughs> if if any either of us remembers this when we are inevitably forced to cover some part of Yu-Gi-Oh, the episode title's got to be yu gay ho I don't know if I can ever accept when we are inevitably to forced cover to cover Yu-Gi-Oh. something from Yu-Gi-Oh. That I just time. I I don't want to I don't want to when we are inevitably <laughs> forced 
look, I'm at just... some point we're going to like write, write ourselves into a patron wall or something like this. Like somehow this will be, you know, they'll get water from this stone. Oh God. They, just, we will have I activated can't... their trap card. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I also well, uh... kind of like Yu-Gi-Oh. I used to play the card game and I, I watched the series, but I, I didn't finish the first series cause it went on for a while and, I was getting older and getting busier, and uh, but I, I've rewatched some of it before or recently, and it is not—it's not like Digimon or or to a lesser extent Pokemon, which is watchable but sometimes hard to watch because it's just very very juvenile. Um, like it's it's good. It's just like the plots—they don't carry a lot of weight usually, whereas Digimon plots do carry a lot of weight, but they're kind of undercut by the writing um, and. Yu-Gi-Oh! is in this like uncanny valley where the stakes are super high and they do not match what's going on because everything is based around the card game. Have you watched that Mother's Basement video yet? I refuse. I don't want to. Wa- I will watch it, but I don't want to watch it. It like, is hilarious. I have, been going, I have been going down like a YouTube rabbit hole of watching just so many episodes of Hot Ones and also binging with Babish, where it's just like binging with Babish, it, it hits my sweet spot of I, you know, my wife and I eat vegan, and so I get to watch and live, you know, through binging with Babish, where he's just <laughs> like making these insane dishes, and I'm, it's just he's he's so much fun to watch. What is it? Um, is it and, like? Uh... Is it like epic mealtime? He just makes he just makes things. He, no, it's more beautiful. But like a lot of the ones that I really like are the when he makes he makes dishes from uh, from shows. Is this like the guy that made, made the milk steak? Probably. He also made uh, he it, he also made the meat tornado in a most recent episode <laughs> or in like a really recent episode. That's from Parks and, and Rec. Yeah, it's yeah. you know it it literally killed a guy last year. <laughs> Uh, so uh, it's it's just he also made like the 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 the, it's like a triple decker um or maybe it's a double decker but um double fried crabby patty it's just insane things that he makes sometimes and then he also has like a a really a really nice one where it's just like him showing you how to make basic things as well but in a really nice gourmet way Um, the other thing that i've been watching was hot ones which is i I don't know if you've ever watched it but Uh it's um, celebrities eating increasingly hot hot wings while having a interview happen. Oh, and I have seen one of those. Maybe it's two. addictive to watch. It's it's very addictive to watch. I think the best one of them that I've watched so far has been with. Um, oh God, uh, what is the show? Um, oh my God, what Broad City? It's the the two leads from Broad City. It's both. Oh. Um, at the same time doing it, and it's fantastic. I love that. Um, that show is my favorite. They're very funny. Yeah. They're like the show that we aspire to be while doing Tenets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will say, you know, we watched that episode when I was with you guys in Portland, and afterward I was like, I picked the wrong episode because that one was too in-jokey. We should have watched the Florida episode. So whenever we're together again watching TV, we're going to need to watch the Florida episode because that is just very good, Broad City. 
Yeah. Well, getting back to anime stuff, uh, I haven't watched a ton of anime this week, and that's because I've been reading too much One Piece. Um, it's it's to the point where it's a problem now. So I, I don't know inside of uh, our universe of talking about uh, stuff when it's happened, um, and I don't exactly remember when I started reading it, but I definitely read too much one piece i'm like <laughs> 725 chapters in so far well also this um, episode that you're listening to is coming out a week and a day from now so he accomplished this goal a, a week and a day ago if you're listening to this as early as you possibly can so like it's not been a long time yeah so i've i just i just have to i have to slow down because it's i'm getting to the point where i'm like about to burn out um, but I, I'm also in the middle of an arc, um, so I can't just set it down. Um, but if you've ever read One Piece, it does not give you much downtime between like the denouement of one arc and then the pickup of the next arc, because there's these wonderful little like battles that happen in between that are like off camera and they're following like tangentially related characters that are also like moving the universe forward it's a really great manga um i i can say that like the anime is better now um but i will say for sure that the anime is inferior to the manga mm. and the biggest reason why is because the there is just so much rich action and dialogue that happens inside of the manga and the anime it has to take time for you to watch all of these little like these these little snippets take place um and it's just too slow in anime form for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might not be the same for you. You might like to watch things just like roll out slowly for you over time. But One Piece is like, it, it's it's a very dense novel that it's like a page turner. Like you can't put it down, but it's at the end of it, you're like, I have a little bit of a tension headache, um, but I'm I'm okay with that because I just got to watch like, I want to say, but there's there's a whole bunch of things inside of this that I, I would like to give away, but there are major spoilers, especially You're for people to that are not caught up. You're going to need to make a One Piece section in our Discord so that you can talk to somebody <laughs> about this, because uh, if you don't know, we've got a Discord, and it is full of cool people who uh, chat frequently about anime and make good suggestions and comments and observations, and... Uh, they're, they're really cool, so you should join them. Uh, find our Discord link on our various social media platforms. But yeah, Spencer, you should just make a One Piece section because you got to get this out. And you're like, it's clearly like <laughs> eating away at you. <laughs> I'm just like slowly. Uh, it, you can't see me over here, but I'm just. My fingernails are completely gone because I've just been. <laughs> Some reading so difficultly, and and I, I don't know where I'm going with this fingernail thing. I'm not I chewing off my fingernails because I'm nervous. Something <laughs> interesting that you have kind of brought about that I, I don't know that we've talked about this on our show is that uh, the there's a common sentiment in America or maybe Western media that the book is always better. Um, that may be more debatable with television shows, but in general, 
when they make a movie based on a book, usually people think that the book is is superior in mostly every way. Um, and there's definitely exceptions to that. Uh, and there's definitely people that prefer movies for different reasons. I mean, it's totally different storytelling medium that has different constraints than a book does. So like, I don't know, I think about the Harry Potter books versus the Harry Potter movies, like the books have a lot of like great world building and lore and stuff that the movies just don't. Uh, and it's because you can't bring a movie grinding to a halt to go through all that stuff, but it fits perfectly in the narrative of a book. So they're obviously different beasts, but generally speaking, the book is widely considered to be better than the movie in almost every case. And I think for anime, that's not necessarily true. Uh, and it's not always true. It's not always the same throughout. Like, you know, Naruto has these like corner cutting scenes where they are kind of saving on budget or they haven't, you know, especially early in the series, they haven't built up enough of a budget to have like good quality animation. But then sometimes they like blow their whole budget on one good episode. And that episode is probably just like a really sick representation of that manga chapter, whereas the rest of the manga might be a a slightly better version. Because, you know, like if you're drawing a manga, you have time constraints Whereas if you're making an anime, you have budget constraints and the time constraints might mean you're cutting corners a little bit, but the budget constraints are going to, I think those, the corners are easier to see when it's moving and in color and stuff like that. So I don't know. I think anime without a good budget is more likely to be sort of like a cheaper looking version, but it still might read better. And obviously anime and manga also are different in that they are usually a one-to-one translation with very little change unless there is filler content. Uh, and when they do change things, it's it's often a really interesting t- choice that is meant to clarify something in the narrative. I don't know, I think this is an interesting concept. I don't, I'm not going anywhere in particular with it, but I am kind of curious about people's reactions on comparing the manga to the anime of, of various different series and I think it's interesting that it's just such a different beast than sort of the book to movie phenomenon that you have in sort of Western yeah. media. And I know that we've mentioned it before inside of our, our patron only episodes. By the way, if you're not a patron, you should become a patron so you can listen about these. Slick but pitch, bro. We talk about this. We, we talk <laughs> about this pretty in depth that I enjoy the Bleach manga far, far more than I enjoy the Bleach anime. And I like the Bleach anime a lot. Um, Bleach, the the anime was one of the first animes that I really, really got into anime. Um, I, I, I remember, like, vividly staying up at night, finding streams where I could to watch Bleach online and staying up for, like... I don't know. I, I I know at one point when I was in um, the the middle of the first um, Bunkai arc, um, I I remember that I watched a whole bunch of episodes, and then I fell asleep at the computer in the middle of an episode, <laughs> and then I woke up. Uh, it, it was like four a.m. or something like that, and then I woke up at like nine and walked to get just I, I think a uh, one waffle and came back just and one watched it frozen until... waffle no time to heat it no condiments <laughs> and then, no silverware no, I, I like legitimately walked back 
and started watching from where I fell asleep from last night. And I, I don't think that I stopped until dinner that night. Um, so it was, it was like, it was like that, that drug situation where it's just like, I can't put it down. And it's always made me feel that way with the manga. I, I devoured the manga when I was reading it. I, I've read all the way through the manga now. I think, I think two and a half times wow. um, because I'm, I'm trying to get to the point where I'm going to um, I'm going to read into the arc that is going to start back up with the anime. And I'm stopping myself because I, I don't want to, you know, ruin that part of the anime again for myself or ruin it at all. I just, God, I have such high hopes for this reboot um, or not a reboot, but a relaunch um, with the, the most the last arc, I guess it would be of uh, Bleach. Um, it's a ton of chapters, by the way, and I'm I'm, I'm hoping that they're not going to deviate too much because the last arc of Bleach might be the best arc of Bleach. Um, and I I just man I I really really can't say how much I I love that manga. There's and also I, I, oh good. I, I was going to say, I think the thing with the anime that frustrates me the most uh, that we're going to have to watch and I'm furious about um, with our coverage is the this the like filler arcs that are just not in the manga. And it's we don't the most have to watch them, but I think we've already verbally committed to it. So it's sort of like yeah. a self-imposed. And the reason why I think it bothers me so much is because, it, it, like with One Piece, there there's so much content that you don't really have to do those fillers. Um, but with Bleach, the the narrative arc is really beautiful from one arc to the next arc to the next arc. They really flow together and make one truly great, long, multi-novel. So it's, it's, it's like four major arcs really in bleach and that you could think it kind of take that into like four books and it would be one you know one solid series that really flowed between one book to the next book to the next book to the next um and i i think that i would fall on the side that i i don't know if i've ever read um a, a manga that was inferior to its anime counterpart um I don't know. I I legitimately don't think that I've ever done that before. I mean, maybe yeah, but, the closest would be when I was reading the original One Punch Man, but um, that also has its own quirky charm. But God, the whole I first think, season of One Punch Man is so good, though. Yeah, I, I think the difference is that anime and manga, like I said earlier, generally the anime of a manga is trying to do more or less a shot-for-shot remake and just animate in the sort of things that happened in between the panels and just like mm-hmm. they, their idea is to bring it to life in a very direct way. Whereas in Western media, we generally are thinking more in the terms of adapting. And so we're saying like, how mm-hmm. do we take this, you know, two, three, 400 page novel and turn it into 90 minutes or two hours? Uh, you know, what's important, what gets cut, how do we make this? It, it's a question of streamlining. Whereas taking a, you know, sort of a, and I guess we're really talking about long running series because that's what a lot of shonen turns out to be is taking something like Naruto, One Piece, Bleach, and turning it into an anime where you're, you're not trying to create your own stories. You're just trying to put those stories on screen. It's a different process and it's a different sort of adaptational philosophy. And so like, 
I think generally speaking, I think the anime better better compresses and encompasses what's good about a series or sorry, the, the manga better compresses what's good about a series because you're not trying to fill, you know, a time slot. You're just trying to fill a chapter and those are really different beasts and all that stuff. But they are also because there's so, so little deviation in the stories. I think it becomes a little bit more of a toss up uh, and sometimes a toss up just between personal taste of the particular viewer you know, there's definitely some things where I'm like, uh, I'd probably prefer to watch watch it, even though I'm the kind of person that'll want to watch and read it. But like, I don't get around to both all the time. So it's like, I'm, I want to watch it to see what happens. And then I want to read it to like zone in. So I might enjoy reading it more, but be more inclined to watch it or something like that. You know, like, I think it just comes down to a personal preference. I'm just kind of curious to hear what people's different personal experiences are. Um. Speaking of personal things, uh, this episode should be coming out on next Friday, I believe, which would be uh, September 11th, 2020, which uh, is a special day for me and my family because my grandmother will be turning 100 on that day. And uh, my husband and I are going to be doing a road trip to go see her and the rest of my fam. And we're really excited about that. And it's just like super cool uh, that she's 100. That's crazy. That's such a big number. And uh, so I wanted to mention that here because I love her and she's important to me and kind of want to mark that in a way that's recorded. Um, And then for my general anime nonsense, I haven't been watching a lot of anime either. We've also been recording more than usual uh, lately. So we've been talking a lot about anime and most of the anime we've been watching is for the show because we've been recording more than usual. Uh, I did watch an episode of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. One day I will have seen all of it. Uh, I'm near the end. (laughs) Um, They just woke up some horrible zombie things in the underground, and that's probably not going to be good. Um, And, uh, but yeah, I I was reminded of something that I just goddamn loved uh, a while ago. I was rewatching this thing. Uh, If if you, if you play Pokemon. Long Long Man? Huh? It's not Long 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 Man. man? No. So, uh, Long Long (laughs) Man. So I, I'm a big, uh, I am a big fan of Pokemon. As uh, if you've listened to any of our episodes, you're probably aware of that comes up a lot. Pokemon and Digimon for different reasons. I love them. Uh, Pokemon. I'm a big fan of the games, the main series games. Uh, that's I because I had something about Pokemon in my dating profile. This guy reached out to me on a dating app, and now I'm married to him. So like, Pokemon's very important to me. Um, there is a common complaint in the Pokemon community that the games are too easy because they are, you know, aimed at being accessible to younger kids, uh, which is largely true. There is a fan mode of play called a Nuzlocke, which is an artificial way to impose restrictions on yourself that the game does not impose on you to make the game harder. It essentially attempts to uh, to uh, introduce permadeath into Pokemon. So if your Pokemon faints, you can't use it anymore for the rest of that playthrough. Uh, it also usually includes catch limitations. So you can't catch a Pokemon unless it's the first one you've encountered in a new area. And some people will go so far as to say, like, if I've already caught a Pokemon in this area, I can't get a gift Pokemon and vice versa, blah, blah, blah. So it's a it's an interesting way. You kind of get a semi-randomized team. You're also encouraged to nickname your teammates so that you go closer to them and they're... Uh, 
potential loss becomes even more devastating. It's oh, a God. it's a little bit of a masochistic way to play, but it it is way harder and it's really interesting. And uh, you can find a lot of Let's Plays for Pokemon. Of course, you can find a lot of Let's Play Nuzlocks for Pokemon. And there is one that I cannot recommend enough. One, this video series does a great thing, which is it does not show you the entire Let's... It doesn't show you the entire playthrough. He edits it so that you're getting you're getting a, a complete story from start to finish, but you're not having to watch every single step that he takes. Uh, and it, it makes it a little more digestible and a little bit more like boom 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 with the the hits it is also fucking hilarious uh this is a a nuzlocke video series for pokemon y it comes from uh the gaming website polygon and it is uh played by and thus narrated by griffin mcelroy who is a, a relatively large name in podcasting and uh he is hysterical and his Nuzlocke is so, so worth watching. If you have not seen it, you should go watch it. If you haven't seen it in a while, you should go watch it. I was re-watching it, uh, I don't know, a week or two ago. And it's just hysterical. It's so, so good. I don't know That's if my I've ever weird heard of this thing before. Huh? I don't know if I've ever heard of this before. I, I know I mentioned it to you when I first watched it, but that was a while ago. And I did not realize it was Griffin McElroy, so I did not mention that part specifically. Okay. Well, I also did not know it was Polygon, but at that point I didn't really know what Polygon was. Yeah. I will say I will say that Polygon has my favorite YouTube creator possibly <laughs> of all time, um, which is uh BDG. Um and uh one of one of I don't know if any of our listeners know this but blake and i have like a running list of people that if we could have on the show we would freak out um and he is he is very very much on that list for me um because the thing that i love to watch as soon as it comes out and possibly multiple times uh per one that comes out uh are the um the unraveled series (laughs) so good the Kingdom Hearts um, one is phenomenal. That the new oh, Halo one is God. great. Um, where he reads all the books. Yeah, <laughs> he's become the master chief of loneliness. <laughs> oh my God! Uh, the the funniest one to me by far. I I love so many of them, and I think that they are all great. But I will say that the one that made me laugh the hardest was the Wario one, where he's just slowly becoming Wario throughout the video. <laughs> and it's just... Oh, sorry, not Wario. Waluigi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just slowly becoming Waluigi. It's just... I just cackle laughed so hard throughout it. There's also one where um, the he he breaks down Castlevania's hottest monsters, <laughs> <laughs> and like one of them is just called the Bone Dragon, and he's just like, you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> he's great. He also he has his own separate YouTube channel, which is also very good. And uh, maybe my favorite thing is how to make jorts on there. But oh, it's I showed also you that. Checking out. I remember showing you and Steven that. You just being like, oh, God. <laughs> it's great. It's just, it is a parody of a horror movie that you don't see coming. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. Any, if anybody out there has any sort of connection to any of these content creators that we <laughs> mention all the time, we want them to be on the show. Our friends. As well I mean, as, on you the know, show. <laughs> Uh, yeah both <laughs> anyways uh you know uh, obviously obviously there's also like you know the gigantic names inside of the voiceover universe that we want to meet and also yeah. like creators you know if we could get mr oh god i almost said his name wrong because i was i can't Too not excited. say it wrong td kubo <laughs> td kubo i gotta yes, not say yes, it yes. like that um <laughs> which if, he might start you know, if the Rona ever dies down, he might start touring and, you know, maybe oh, maybe we'll see. Oh, I'm so excited about cons coming back. Oh, That's me too, what I, dude. I, I miss just, it so much. I've, oh man, we're spending so much time talking about just shit before these episodes. Well, um, it's because one, we already recorded an episode today. <laughs> and two, these are episodes are a little content light. That's, that's actually been a really recurring theme with Naruto. And I don't think that's going to change for a while because naruto has really decompressed storytelling which means that they they tell the story really slowly and sort of like simmer in it for a while versus like yu yu Hakusho is a good example of uh i would say compressed storytelling i don't know if that's exactly correct because it doesn't feel like it's shortened beyond reason but it, it just doesn't linger on things it moves very quickly Naruto is a slow-paced show. I, I wouldn't say that Shippuden has had major pacing problems yet. It's about to. Uh, not in these episodes, but it will in the next one. But uh, yeah. uh, I think the pace has been fine. Um, but yeah, it just doesn't move very quickly. And that's partly because, you know, this was before the seasonal model. And so they were, you know, they were trying to like drag an arc out to last for an entire year and then make a filler arc, which we will not yeah. be covering absolutely not anyways um let's uh let's go ahead and jump in then so uh what's happened previously on naruto shippuden okay well naruto shippuden is a sequel series to naruto uh although if you're reading the manga they are both just called naruto there is uh, simply a three-year time skip maybe two and a half years i don't remember about a three-year time skip from the end of a sort of major 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 plot point in naruto to the next section of Naruto or to the beginning of Shippuden, depending on if you're in the manga or the anime. Uh, Naruto focuses on a world full of ninja. They are, of course, anime ninja, so they wear bright colors, but they still get to call themselves ninja. And they can do crazy things like shoot fireballs or take over somebody's mind and all kinds of cool anime stuff. Uh, The uh, main character is the titular Naruto. He started off as a loudmouth, attention-seeking uh ninja in training who wasn't particularly good at anything through the series naruto he learned how to uh hone his focus and gain some new techniques and now he's become a pretty strong ninja at least for uh the level that he's at now um so we're picking up uh, right after the time skip we're on the very first mission since he got back from a couple of years away from his home village training with a very strong master and he has definitely leveled up his strength but so have the other characters in the series so naruto is teamed up with his former mentor kakashi who has now become less of a mentor and more of a team leader um kakashi is also super strong although i guess he doesn't do too much in this episode so all you need to know is he's the mentor uh he also has a teammate named sakura who was his teammate when they were much younger sakura used to have really nothing to her name she wasn't very strong she didn't have any special techniques and uh her personality was pretty lacking she has now become like a super strong will hit you to death 
kind of like punches giant earthquakes into the ground kind of bruiser character and it's a real refreshing change for her uh the three of them are on a team together they have uh also joined with a fourth member a woman uh, a much older woman named chio she is often called granny chio because she is uh very old especially in the ninja world where people don't always live to old age uh granny chio is from a place called sunagakure or the village hidden in the sand that is not naruto's home village it is an allied village that they have traveled to because that village is ninja president which is actually called the uh uh oh god it's not the hokage it's the oh god which one is it kazekage because they're the they're yeah kazekage uh hi this is spencer i'm not usually in this part of the show anyways i'll step back out yeah the kazekage is just like the hokage which we uh usually call ninja president as a, a quick and easy way to figure out what that is um they uh their kazekage is a character named gara who uh, originally appeared as an antagonist but naruto was able to endear himself to gara and create a change in heart in him and since then gara has endeavored to become stronger and to teach his people that he wants to protect them instead of hurt them and that allowed him to become their ninja president but he was attacked by an evil organization he was taken captive that evil organization is called the Akatsuki. Right now, they are super mysterious. All we really know is that they are a group of nine or so very powerful ninja, most of whom we have not met. And the ones that we have met are such bad news that it really gives the whole organization a, an air of sort of dread around it. Um, the main two Akatsuki members that we'll be focusing on today are the people who kidnapped Gara. That is Daedara, who is a sort of loud guy who has these horrible hands in the middle of his palms, and those hands are able to eat clay. Huh? Go ahead. He has these horrible hands in the middle of his palms. (laughs) He has mouths in the middle of his palms. Sorry. How's that laugh, too? (laughs) (laughs) So when Blake uh, gets things wrong, he releases his witch within. Yeah, I just grew a wart on my nose. What the hell? Yeah. So, Again, this is Spencer. I'm not usually in this part. I'm just going to step away now. Who the fuck are you? So, um, so Daedara has mouths like, in the palms of his hands. Can we have this be like, a, 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 like an ongoing thing? Where like, <laughs> step in and then step away. Anyways, this is Spencer um, again. I'm not usually in this part. Let get out of here. <laughs> so he he will eat clay with these mouths and then he is able to spit out the clay and that clay has now turned into bomb and also sometimes animal shapes that he can animate before it explodes. And uh, this guy's partnered up with a dude named Sasori, who, as far as we know, is a hunched over creepy dude that is mostly covered up in robes and a mask. He is prepared for covid, but he also has a giant scorpion tail Um that may or may not be what he actually looks like, but the two of them captured Gara. They took him to a secret hideout, which they have sealed themselves inside of. All the other Akatsuki members appeared uh, via Skype and uh, created a ritual to take the giant tailed beast outside of Gara because that's the last important thing. There are nine giant uh, sort of demonic beasts of immense power and uh, they have over time largely been sealed inside of people. Those people are called Jinchuriki, and uh, Naruto is one of them. He has a nine-tailed fox living inside of him, and Gara is another one. He has what's called the Shukaku, which is based on uh, a mythical Japanese animal that looks like a raccoon, 
and it has one tail and the Akatsuki is trying to extract that beast from him and put it into a big statue for some reason. And I think that's everything. So let's start with episode 16. All right. Episode 16, The Secret of the the Jinchuriki. Um, So this episode starts out with uh, the previous episodes mentioned of a random metal bird (laughs) that's just going to fly around and and tell some secrets. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to make the same joke as last time, but you know what I want. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so this is uh, this is where it's going to start out. Team Kakashi and Team Guy, um, they both come to the conclusion that these these fights that they were in before were just to slow them down. Um, the the audience already knows this, but uh, they're figuring it out as well. Um, and we cut to smash cut to the Akatsuki. Uh, they are going to be finishing up their technique of uh, extracting. Uh, more and more of the tailed beast uh, out of Gara. Um, they're they're really taking their sweet ass time with this. I guess it's like a super powerful technique. I guess yeah, that's it is it is stated to be very very time consuming and difficult. It's almost certainly like matters of degrees harder than actually putting a tailed beast in somebody which we don't know for sure yet, but we will eventually find out is also a pretty complicated and costly process. But at some point, mm-hmm. they, they are going to finish the ritual in these episodes, and they will note that it took them three days and three nights. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's... Yeah, it's it's going to take them a long time to do this. Uh, they're, they're definitely, you know, hardcore speedrunners who are trying to finish <laughs> their their run in a, a specific amount of time. It's like it's like the GDQ of removing, you know, giant demon souls from little boys' bodies. <laughs> that sounded just as weird way. as the thing you said about my intro. <laughs> <laughs> it's all part of the fan fiction universe. <laughs> Um, <laughs> join us next week for Nar Blake. <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds like a weird narwhal with my head instead of a horn. Just like Nar- my upper torso. Nar- it's like a Gabe centaur. <laughs> I was just thinking about this, this this week about like fucked up centaurs, like a merman, but it's like a fish body. And then where the head should be is like a human torso, so it just like looks really awful. Oh my god. Can I just throw it out there that Blake was just like, I was thinking about this this week. <laughs> you know, something that people just think about normally on their life. I think about all kinds of things. Don't limit me. <laughs> Anyways, um, so uh, they're, they're going to go on about their business with this. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, um, there's going to be just so, so much fucking an explanation from Chio. I, <laughs> old lady Chio is just going to be like, you know, if you didn't know all about the Jinchiriki, well, I have a story for you my from life. my past. Are you my son? You I know, go Pete you says now? that shit to me all the time. <laughs> yeah. It's because you're his son. Blake, we have to talk to you about something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. One of the things I will admit is that I am not sure that y- you and I are completely equipped to explain portions of Naruto Shippuden because Granny Chio has explained various things about the Jinchuriki and the Tailed Beasts throughout this series. And my reaction has always been, didn't we already know that? And I don't 
think we did. I just think that we do because we've seen Naruto before and I know what happens. But like, I think this is the first time the audience learns about it. So like, I'm trying to mark that down in the notes and mention it in the episodes if you are following along for the first time with Naruto with us. Mm-hmm. But I might be missing some stuff. Because to yeah. me, this is old news. Yeah, the the other big things that are, are going to be happening inside of this episode, other than just so much explanation, um, the, the big thing that we're going to talk about a, a lot inside of this episode as you're watching it, you know, if, if you're one of those dedicated people that is actually watching the shows with us as we're watching it, um, and maybe has never seen Ship It In before, um, be aware that you're learning a lot of that, which is that, you know, there's a bunch of other tailed beasts, there's, you know, nine of them and uh they are all going to be sealed inside of a person and the reason why they are is because they're basically gigantic nuclear warheads yeah they are are a metaphor for nuclear missiles yeah they they they're explicitly set up to be a nuclear deterrent to prevent other countries from trying to or other nations from trying to take over another nation it's it's very much a cold war standoff between these different nations and ninja superpowers um and they're always trying to do these covert operations in order to mess with their other governments um these these happen seemingly all the time um and um they try to push them off in by um uh doing these you know feel good operations you know the the tuning exam was a good example of one of those um and if you want like a real world example of it a, a good example would be something like the olympics where people are supposed to set down all of their weapons in you know all of their angers and fears and frustrations with everybody else and come together for an event that brings people together in sport or the world cup or something like that inside of our world inside of their world they have putting a whole bunch of children inside of a forest in order to get murdered maybe um and so you know it's basically the same it's um yeah it's it's the same anyways um I listened to a great episode. I'm sorry. I keep on, I keep deviating, but this one, it's important to me that other people listen to the show because I love stuff. You should know so much. Did you know that after they have those, the, the, the Olympic torches and they hand them from like one torch bearer to the next, like light the other person's torch, they have to then hand it to, um, whoever is their like handler at the time. And the handler breaks, the torch so that it can never be lit again and then hands it back to you. And it's just like, bye. And I was just like, why do they break it? (laughs) That also, that makes me think of, there's this episode of Glee where Sue Sylvester is going on one of her just like way too much rants. And she's talking about like how she doesn't like people to be, to like try to take advantage of her or something like that. And so she's like, I was selling my house and I was selling it to like this lovely couple and they asked me to cover closing costs. So I salted the earth so that nothing could grow there for a thousand years. (laughs) 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 All right. So all you need to know from episode 16 is that Naruto is explicitly confirmed to be a Jinchuriki. 
I'm not sure yep. that he knew this, but Sakura definitely didn't know this. Chio did not know this, although she wouldn't have because she just met these people. Uh, Kakashi definitely did know this. And Chio will also confirm that removing a tailed beast from someone's body will lead to their death, which is important because that's what's happening to Gara right now. Right now. Um, so that all happens. And then we have the final part of this episode, which is all about Naruto saying that he is definitely going to save Gara because they have this connection inside of this world um, that he is aware of. Um, there's going to be some other mess going down in the village hidden in the sand, but it, it's not... not it's not really important. Most of, most of the stuff that they're going to be doing inside of this episode is is explaining what's going on with the Jinchuriki. And then you get uh, a couple of, you know, back and forth moments finding out about um, what their their techniques have been and what techniques that they used. Um, there's there's a, a whole thing about um, them coming over um, to to find out about the the big ball Rasengan. Um, there's some talk about that. There's there's also a, a moment with Pakun, and I I do like Pakun in most of these episodes. He's like Pakun should be voiced by Danny DeVito. Um, so <laughs> so I guess the stuff happening in the Sand Village is kind of interesting, but like in brief, essentially they don't want to look weak to the other villages because again, these villages are kind of always in a tense piece that could shatter at any moment. And a sign of weakness is a good example of when one of those moments might cause a shattering. So they are worried that their president has been kidnapped. And if anybody else finds out about it, they will be attacked. And as such, that is the reason they haven't sent a team of their own. The reason that Naruto and Kakashi, Sakura, and Chio are out there is because they are from a different village that has a vested interest in this. And so the the Sand Village is just fortifying themselves and trying to make it look like business as usual um, while somebody else solves this major problem. But the elders are also discussing the fact that they're not quite sure that Gara is going to come back. Some of them aren't even sure they want Gara to come back because he used to be a homicidal monster. And... They're not all convinced that he's changed. And so they start to discuss the fact that maybe they should just go ahead and replace him before the mission to recover him has even finished. And yeah. uh, his brother's on that council and he gets really pissed about that. That's about all that's happening in the Sand Village. And I think it's indicative of what's happening in a lot of these episodes. I found myself more or less enjoying these episodes. It could have picked up the pace a little bit, but it doesn't feel like they're just spinning their wheels the whole time. And I yeah. felt like for the most part, the storytelling was pretty good, but as far as like what the story is and what you need to know to advance it, there are major parts of the episodes that you could skip that are interesting and worth watching, but that we may not bring up. Yeah. Um, this takes us into episode 17, um, the death of Gara. Uh, if you, if you weren't, uh, one of those people that was just like, you know, I don't want any spoilers in my title. Good luck, because they tell you about it. Yeah. The thing well, that happens at the end of this episode, they tell you about it at the beginning of the episode with the damn title. Welcome to like, anime episode titles. <laughs> oh, man. I was so frustrated by this title because I like I, I had legitimately fun watching the first episode. And it got me hyped up again where I was just like, all right, I'm just going to be super pumped and then it started out the episode and that came up and i was just like 
Fuck it's you. Very Debbie Downer. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, there's going to be a very emotional moment at the very beginning of this episode. It's or close to the beginning of this episode um, where uh, Granny Chio is just going to. She's going to open up a little bit um, about the fact that she was the one that made the decision to put the Jinchuriki inside of Gara to begin with. Or the, the Shukaku um, to make him into a Jinchuriki. Yeah. So, or yeah, he to put the tail beast into him. Um, and it kind of, it kind of has this, this weird effect on the episode where I don't, really know how naruto feels about her after this Hmm. um and that kind of brings up a a, an interesting an interesting point inside of the naruto universe of how naruto reacts to the fact that he is a jinchuriki as well because obviously when he was growing up as a child it was a it was a very large point of frustration for him um not that he knew that he was for a long time but because he was the town treated him completely differently and somebody with those sort of emotional scars i just wonder how they react to somebody who could force you know somebody that is supposed to mean something to um to her I, I just I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it's it, interesting. It seems like a very weird emotional state that Naruto must be in inside of these episodes. That's really interesting because Naruto is generally optimistic. He generally believes that things will turn out well, even when all of the evidence points otherwise. And he generally believes the best in people and wants to bring that out through forging a personal relationship with them. So his. They actually say that at one point in one of these episodes, Kakashi says Naruto has a superpower that he can become best friends with somebody in five minutes. And that's not always literally true, but that is kind of his superpower is that he uses the most powerful jutsu in the Naruto world, talk no jutsu, to tell people that they are wrong and why they should care about his vision of things. It makes him sound like more of a dick than I'm intending to. He's just, mm-hmm. he's really optimistic and people around him aren't always, and he wants to instill optimism in them. And so that's his usual response. And honestly, it's kind of weird. I didn't think about this, but you're right. It's a little bit weird that they don't go into this. I don't really, I couldn't tell you how he feels about being a Genshiriki. I can tell you that it is true. He's been frustrated by people kind of ignoring him and shunning him. And that was because he's a Jinchuriki. But you're right. Also, he didn't know that. He just knew that people were kind of being rude to him. And him finding out about the tailed beast inside of him and his relationship with that aspect of himself has been largely separate from the way that people treat him because that wasn't really a problem anymore by the time he found out about why people had done this. And Mm -hmm. now people's reaction in this moment, like Sakura is surprised and her reaction is basically like, I never knew he was carrying such a heavy burden. And that's interesting, but they don't talk about it. They don't really go into it. And I think Naruto doesn't really think about it because he's just so laser focused on Gaara. And he doesn't want to blame her. He just wants to solve the problem. Yeah, and I sort of think that that's one of the one of the things with Naruto. It's you know, it's that superpower that you mentioned before that they talk about, where he's 
you know, he he can push through this because he knows he needs to push through it, you know? Um, and that, especially uh, with his training that he went through, he must have had these sort of conversations where it's just like, I have to come to terms with this monster that's within me. And if I have to come to terms with this monster that's within me, I have to forgive the people that made this decision before me. Um, yeah, and it's hard to understand come to something if you're holding a grudge. Yeah, and so it, it it takes us into the next point inside of this episode, which is a a truly emotional reaction that I had inside of this episode. Um, it's my first truly emotional moment that I've had with Naruto Shippuden so far, which is uh, just watching Gara's last moment, um, where he he just has this contemplative moment on the nature of existence and then leaves. And it's just, it's just this like sort of beautiful, sad moment with him. And I, I felt myself more connected to Gara than I've ever feel felt in previous reads or watches of these episodes. And I was just like, Oh man, this is kind of a bummer. Um, Yeah. It's also, uh, not to derail us again, but uh, I had intended to bring this up, but I didn't write it in a note. Uh, this will be somewhat older news by the time you guys hear this, but uh, this week when we were recording this was when Chadwick Boseman died. Uh, and he died completely unexpectedly because he had been dealing with colon cancer for four years and he didn't tell anybody. Like, you know, his his wife or his, I don't know if he's married, his partner knew... And I think a couple other people in the in his inner circle, but like his castmates in Black Panther didn't know, his castmates in De Five Bloods didn't know, as well as the director Spike Lee did not know. And like it, it's insane how how close to the chest he kept this. And th- there's something just talking about this scene with Gara and talking about like taking this power out of somebody. Like I don't know, it, it's just it, that's been a really hard blow to me because. He was, you know, this great hero in this franchise of, of films that I care about deeply. And his his movie and his character moved me in particular and also was so important in our culture. And so, like, his loss has hit really hard. Uh, and I know a lot of people are really dealing with that. And, and kind of talking about Gara here, it, it's bringing a lot of that up, too, because, it, I don't know, there are some strange parallels to this thing, like, inhabiting you and then sort of being the end of you yeah i got i got real 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 like fucked up a couple of times of her deaths inside of the marvel universe that meant something to me yeah um i know that the the chad mcboseman one um it it kind of hit home um with me and the biggest reason why is um i i think i think when somebody is dealing with with cancer um it 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 tends to it tends to kind of like strike a string with me um you know as a lot of people have i've you know lost somebody important to me from a, a cancer um but it's it's also really one of those things that strikes home because you look at the age and you're just like yeah. oh it's not because of a decision that was made that was a bad decision it wasn't because 
you know, they had like a like a freak accident or something like that. It was, you know, a disease that can catch you at any time inside of your life. And yeah, and he's you might not know you have it until really it's too young. late. Yeah. yeah. And then the the other one, too. And the the what the one that that caught me up um, uh, this, you know, I can't remember if it was this year or last year, but um, it all kind of runs together now. Um, yeah. but they, somebody put up a thing about like, um, it's, it was, it was like a cartoon artwork of like the, the handing off the mantle moment where, um, you know, one, one black Panther leaves this world and then goes into the next. Mm-hmm. And there was like Stan Lee there. And I was just like, damn it. Oh, I had just stopped thinking about Stan Lee. And then I'm like right back in it and yeah. right back to being upset. <laughs> Yeah. So, anyway, oh that's man. a that's a real digression and a super oh bummer. Oh god. Um, now I'm just but, gonna have to like. Now I'm just gonna have to you know watch something to give me a, a real uh, upsetting cry. <laughs> if anybody, if anybody ever has a moment where they're just like, you know, we're Blake and I as people that are actors tend to know because we've been in touch with this a lot. Um, and it's not always the thing that happens, especially with men in American society. It's good for you to feel your emotions and to let them out sometimes. And it's good for you to have a thing. Um, they call it uh, a moment before or a clean clang. Um, or at least they did in my school yeah, um, I the term for <laughs> your like connection moment before you walk on stage if it's a truly emotional moment mm-hmm. and I have like a, a list of those that sometimes I'm like if I need to get you know upset and just have a cathartic moment and cry something out number one uh, of all time by the way it sounds ridiculous but that last episode of The Office oh man <laughs> Kills it'll just me. it'll just ruin you. But if you want to have the worst, um, them singing um, uh, uh, "Rainbow Connection," oh. no, when they're singing the "Rainbow Connection" at the funeral for Jim Henson, uh. where it's all the puppets singing it, it's just it will wreck you like nothing has ever wrecked you. Um, I, I guess if I'm thinking about in anime universe and you want to have an anime one, um, the one that always, always gets me is the episode um, where Faye has a complete breakdown in Cowboy Bebop when she's watching the VHS. Oh, yeah. Um, that one's that heavy. One was, that one was a lot for me. I, I don't know if I have any other anime ones that like really, really get me. Yeah, nothing is springing to mind. I did I did watch a little bit of a series called The Clannad After Story. Oh uh, god, don't many years I ago can't. and that is hard <laughs> to watch. Ooh, that's yeah. hard to watch. That's that's one of the, the somebody somebody referred to one of those when they were talking about it as just like anime cutting where it's just like you're you're doing this as like a uh, an emotional bruising for yourself it's just yeah, I, too much i actually quit watching it after a few episodes after the the big horrible thing happens at i guess the beginning of the series because who knows what happens after that but uh, yeah i was just like this is t- i can't handle it so i oh my god i didn't rage quit or anything but i just was like i i can't take any more uh but oh yeah that's god. a good one like 
Blake, we're in we're in here too deep. We're an hour into this episode, and we haven't even talked yeah. about three of the episodes. Okay, well, let's go into episode episode eighteen. It's easy to blitz uh, through. Charge charge tactic button hook entry. <laughs> um, it's a metaphor so. because we need to charge our tactics. <laughs> anyway, also button hook um, entry kind of you know that's there's another <laughs> that's another uh, kind of phrase. Anyways, uh, so uh, Neji is going to, um, <laughs> as Blake puts it in his dragon. notes, activate his cheat code, um, yeah. which is just his Byakugan. The Byakugan um, is just a cheat code in this. He's able to see <laughs> through their special barrier that nobody can get through and see exactly yeah. what's going on inside. And the only reason he oh, doesn't yeah. know what's happening is because he doesn't understand it, not because he can't see it. And then they need yeah. to find four secret hidden things, and he just finds them by looking around for a minute. <laughs> Yeah, A, B, A, B, start select. Cheat code, uh. yes. It's, it's some shit. Like, I get it, but it is also some shit. They should have yeah, had to anyways. work harder for this. Um, team Guy is going to uh, dis- disperse to deal with the seals. Really, this episode is all about just getting seals off. And then uh, Didara and uh, Cesare are going to be waiting for them. Um, Didara and Cesare. Uh, Diodora and Sarsory. Um, <laughs> Just double down. <laughs> He's getting further away. Um, anyways, um, they're gonna be they're gonna be lying in wait, um, and they're gonna try to kill everyone and capture Naruto because that's what they're supposed to do. That is what they want to do. Um, and yeah, then they also us- the Akatsuki have assigned targets, and Naruto is Itachi's target, and Itachi is like genuinely salty about the fact that they might be able to capture Naruto instead of him. Yeah, it's it's just, I think I think the characters inside of the Akatsuki, I I think one of the the reasons I like them so much as a villain group is that they genuinely seem to hate each other. And <laughs> it's just like it's just like a great way to have a bunch of villains uh, because they're just they're just so salty and bitchy to each other all the yeah, time. Even it's... even when they're on like small teams, like like Sasori is constantly just so sick of Daedra. <laughs> yeah, they are really distinct personalities. It's good. It's a good narrative trick to give uh, yeah, character sure. definition between them. So it works really well from just like a, a a writing shortcut to make characters that are opposite. You automatically have drama and that's interesting or yeah. rapport as the case may be. But like, yeah, you're right. I, I think what's cool about the Akatsuki is that they are all very powerful very dangerous ninja and they have united in a, an alliance of ideals and not in an alliance of friendship and they are comrades and they place that higher than their own personal opinions of each other but they are not friends yeah that's great oh. it makes a good group of villains and it's not like stupid like you know it's not one of those like comic book villain teams where like uh if they could only work together they would like steamroll the heroes but they can't stop fighting each other so that heroes beat the shit out of them like it's not it's not that it's like they make a great alliance even though there's infighting because they're you know big personalities that have seriously divergent beliefs but their Mm -hmm. core beliefs as far as like what their goal is are aligned and so they are allies and that's great yeah um that takes us into episode 19 traps activate team guy's enemy um this episode activated my trap guy (laughs) this episode um is secretly titled um attack of the clones um it's really just (laughs) 
it's just a whole bunch of doppelgangers fighting against team guy. Um, and there's, there's going to be some other stuff that happens into this, but most of the episode is about them dealing with these doppelgangers, um, yeah, doppelgangers, the, the doppelgangers, there's a doppelgangers. seal, <laughs> the, there's a seal thing and they have to pull like the, there are these paper seals scattered around and they have to pull them off at the same time. And when they do, there's a jutsu that activates that creates doppelgangers of the person that pulled them off. And there were four different seals scattered about. So now all of team guys facing off against perfect replicas of themselves. And that's all right. That's cool. I remember being really excited about this the first time I watched it. Uh, it's, it is writing a check that it will not be able to cash. Yes, for sure. It it really it really just kind of is cool for a minute and then it's just like I guess they dealt with them. That's fine. Yeah. Um, I don't remember if this happens even at all in the manga. Uh I I kind of remember that it didn't, but then I think maybe it does, but it just doesn't get a lot of focus. In the anime, we will see like large swaths of fighting between these characters and their their copies, and those fights are going to be terrible because they are filler. That's mm-hmm. what we're going to be facing in the next episode, maybe the next two episodes of, of Naruto coverage. Uh, and in the manga, I'm not sure that it happens at all. If it does, it largely happens off screen. And it's just an excuse to get these characters not to come back to the fight. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, um, uh, Deidara is just like, I'm going to fly away. Come chase me. <laughs> yeah. They, there's also, speaking of the Akatsuki disparate, you know, the the differences between them. Deidara and Sasori are going to spend the first minute of these heroes charging in here, arguing with each other over what constitutes art. And it's great because Deidara, his powers are he creates these little animals that are actually bombs and they explode. And his philosophy of art is that it is something that is ephemeral and it should be it should have a big moment and then that moment should be over. And that's why he loves explosions. And Sasori is a puppet master, and we are going to find out that he is a specific type of puppet master who takes corpses and basically hollows them out to preserve them as puppet humans, and then uses those puppet human body corpses as his puppet weapons. And so his philosophy of art is that something that lasts forever is beautiful, and something that's preserved in the way that it was forever is beautiful. So they have... Mm -hmm. They are. They both care about art. It is central to their characters' beliefs, and they both have opposite beliefs on what it is. And their beliefs are interesting and are tied into what they can do. This is good writing. Yeah. What the word you're looking for is diametric. Yeah. They they foil each other. Uh, Yeah. They're really good. Like I'm not going to say they're like super complex, but this is like if you are trying to write characters. You want there to be some sort of interesting conflict and you want it to be based on ideals and preferably ideals that are reflected in the things that that character does and says. And especially in a series where those characters have powers, if you can tie it to their powers, that's even, even better. And this does all of those in a real neat bow and it's good. This is good. Yes. Um, And this leads into the fight um, that is going to start um, between Sakura and uh, Lady Chio. Uh, they're going to be fighting against Sasori. Um, it turns out Sasori is uh, a puppet user. It's going to reveal his his mean body, which is called Haruko. Um, and uh, we are also going to find out that Sasori is connected to old Lady Chio. Um, she is, in fact, his grandmother, 
Um, and that is going to be some very important stuff in this fight that's going to be starting up. Um, that takes us into episode 20, uh, Haruko versus Tu Konoichi. Ooh, Close did enough. I say that right? Almost. <laughs> oh, I mean, of course you didn't. Let's just get that out of the way. But you were pretty close. People will understand what you're going for. <laughs> Anyways, um, so first and foremost, Tio is going to be talking all about how um, she she talks some real real grandma gang about Sasori. It's just like you know, even if even if your grandson is a complete monster who wants to murder the world, um, he's still her grandson. So she's going to talk him up. She's like, he's the most gifted puppet user. Um, you should definitely read his book. I didn't yeah. read it, but you should read it. Also, Hiroko, his puppet. So we're going to find out. That she reveals that he's a puppet master. And Sakura is like, okay, well, puppet masters always control their puppet from somewhere. Where is he? And she is like, well, he does this cool thing where the puppet is is around him. So like Hiroko is like a fortress like almost a vehicle it's a shell that he is inside of and he's able to control the puppet from inside of it that's super cool something we have not seen puppet users use not that we've seen a ton of puppet users but this is totally fresh love that also hiroko looks great the design of this character is awesome when you find out it's a puppet i, I was like oh man but his design's really cool uh but it you know it's still cool uh but now he's like taking his cloak off so instead of being sort of like a dome shaped cloaked figure with a face that's half hidden by a mask and a big scorpion tail sticking out. Now he's got like one regular human arm, but one arm that is like this horrible cudgel with all these like nodes on it. And his back is a giant like Oni face and the scorpion tails coming out of the mouth. It's a lot. It's really, it's a lot in a good way. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. (laughs) And like, it's great. I know that I know that we mention sometimes like the rule of cool inside of anime where like if it's cool just do it because it looks cool. Um the nice thing about the way that this character is built is that it's for functionality except for the giant mask face. Um the giant mask face is definitely rule of cool. Um I- everything else is just you know actually functional. <laughs> I don't agree. Uh, the, the giant mask face doesn't really represent why it exists very well, but Chiyo does specifically call out that she is familiar with the Hiroko puppet, but that he has made some changes to it. And the mask face on the back is one of the changes that she mentions. And they also mentioned specifically that that mask face is a, like a, it's basically like a super strong shield. And yeah, I mean, so I understand a, that it's a super strong shield, but you don't have to shape it like a mask. It should well, that's it true. could just be a shield. Like I'm, the, it's it's shaped like a mask because that would be cooler than just seeing a shield on his back. I see what you're saying. saying. Yes, that's right. But yeah, it does. It it's not just a design. It does serve a purpose. But you're right. It didn't have to have a design, and it does. Yeah, there's going to be a a pretty sweet battle back and forth. And this is going to be another one of those times where I'm like, if you haven't seen this in a while and you're just listening along with this, go look it up. Um, Look up the the fight between uh, Lady Chiyo, Haruko, and Sakura because there is a really good back and forth that happens inside of this. Um, they, They sneak some decompression in here and you almost don't notice it because the animation just works. Yeah, it's it definitely, well paced and well directed, even though they're dragging it out. 
Yeah, it's got it's just a good back and forth fight until there there is finally a trapped moment where Haruko cannot move correctly, um, and Sakura is able to land a hit and uh, explode the puppet out, and then that leaves us on the cliffhanger at the end of this episode, um, which uh, we will pick up with our next coverage of Naruto Shippuden. Yeah, so, so Naruto and Kakashi have gone off after Deidara, and they're going to have to fight, and that's dangerous because Naruto might get captured. Uh, and Sasori, you see the real Sasori covered in a cloak, so we don't know what he looks like yet. He dodges out of the rebel, and he uh, will probably reveal himself and continue the fight. So we're in in medias res here, as it were, and that's where we're going to be leaving off today until our next Naruto episode. Yep. So stick with us after the credits, and we'll talk about what's coming on next time. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. With sound editing done by Rashad English. He's our level 10 sound wizard. Level 10? That's a lot of new levels. Well, he's been out in the waste grinding and killing low-level monsters to level up. That checks out. Our podcast is ad-free. And if you want to keep it that way, too, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&SGetJumped. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash get jumped. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New episodes come out every week on your favorite podcast platform. And hey, thanks for listening. Next week on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, we are doing a very special crossover episode with Night of the Living Podcast. We we are going to be watching Blood, the Last Vampire. It is the story of a school nurse named Amino who just wants somebody to talk to her, but nobody will talk to her. And then she has the worst Halloween of all time. No, no, no.